Well, we're going to be talking tonight. We've got lots of props tonight, so I want you to stay with me on props. Um, what I'd like to talk about, the title of tonight's teaching is The Science of Presence. Um, sometimes we as Christians can, you know, be kind of maybe more mystical about what happens when we are in the presence of the Lord and how valuable is it for us to be in the presence of the Lord and exactly how does all that stuff work. And so um, obviously with us, with the ministry here, we're very focused on this process of the transformation of the soul and how does that actually work and how can we facilitate as a ministry as best we can facilitate that process in people's lives. And one of the things that, you know, I think we've known uh, by experience here over the last tw uh, 20 years or so of being in ministry and certainly with, with my, the, w the walk that I've had with the Lord and, and Pastor Tina's as well, is that we've noticed that just simply being in the presence of the Lord has a valuable component to it. There's things that just start happening. And if I were to look at uh, even my personal journey, not that I haven't appreciated good teachers and haven't appreciated, you know, being in all of this environment where the word of God is coming forth, I can probably tell you with, uh, with a high percentage of really meaningful transformational moments, those have happened in the presence of the Lord whether that would be in a rhema session or whether it would be in the, in the worship or whether it would be in my own personal prayer time or whatever, where you would just, it wasn't just like, okay, our Father, heart in heaven, I'm being in, come on, I got it going, I got it going, I got it going. It's when the presence of the Lord is in that spot and all of a sudden something happens. And so I've been very interested, uh, even as we look at, as a ministry, what's the next level and where are we going from here and what are the things that we should be working on to facilitate the journey that we each have in this uh, transformational place. How do we get, you know, the Lord spoke to us last year about that with the superhero teaching. Remember that when we were over there? And he said that we live right now at 2% of the potential of what it means to be human. Jesus being 100% of the expression of what is the fullness of what it means to be a human being. And as we're going along that, obviously that super challenged me because, you know, we have Rhema and we have all of these cool things that we do around here. And I'm thinking, well, surely God, we're somewhere near 60%. Uh, he said two. And so that's a real place where we can look at and say, let's take a look. Let's find out, is there a science to this? Not that I'm looking to be a science guy, although I'm a science guy. I'm really looking to be able to understand it so that each of us can... Uh, troubleshoot it. You know, if there's something wrong with your dishwasher, you call the guy who understands the dishwasher. I remember back in the beginning, you know, we were in the early part of Tina and I's marriage, we were given a, a, a washing machine, a clothes washing machine. And it used to break periodically and stuff like that, you know, so I would be the man of the house and I had to go fix the washing machine. And it seems like the more times I tried to fix it, the more it broke. How many of you ever had that experience? And then I called Bernie, my appliance guy. There, hey, Bernie. Plug to Bernie. Now, Bernie was down there one time, fixed that thing. It never broke again. And the reason that that is is because Bernie understood how the machinery worked. Because we can all jump in. Everybody can pop the hood on your, on, the car, on your car and start, you know, pulling wires and turning things. You can all do that. 
but getting it to work better after you're done, that's something specific, right? And that's how always I've taken a look at this thing with understanding the kingdom is if we want to really understand it and be able to use it and be able to help people who are maybe, you know, getting misaligned to it, we have to have an understanding of how it works. We have to under, have an understanding of how all the bits and pieces fit together so that we can actually be uh, helpful. You know, if I came to your house and decided I was going to fix your car one day, I'd be helpful if I knew what I was doing. I would be not helpful if I didn't know what I was doing. I think you understand my metaphor here. And so we're going to spend a little time tonight with the science. What is the science behind the presence of God? How does that all work? And so let me give you a little bit of history on the world of science. Science, uh, really up until about the 1400s, was all really the church and science really went together. There was no real science outside the church. Uh, they sort of had this thing where, if the, you know, science is what the church says it is kind of a thing that was going on then, right or wrong. I'm not, I'm not going to give you commentary tonight, but that's how it worked. And then there was, then around in the 1400s or so, there was this guy, Copernicus. I don't know if you've heard of Copernicus, but Copernicus at the time, before Copernicus was on the scene, what we thought happened was the sun revolved around the earth. And everybody was convinced that that's how it worked because we all could see that, in fact, it came up and went down. And obviously, it must be revolving around the earth. And and this fellow Copernicus dis, uh, discovered, and through a whole bunch of math mathematical things, discovered that, in fact, it didn't happen like that at all, that, in fact, what was happening is that the earth was going around the sun. Uh, now, he was smart enough not to get himself unt an untimely death, and so he waited until he was dead. In fact, he wrote his thesis about how all this worked, uh, but didn't release the thesis until after he was dead because he knew that if he did it earlier, it would have been just before he died, uh, <laughs> no matter when he released it. And so uh, Copernicus comes on the scene and he had one of these things, which was now as we look backwards on it, it was a magical moment in science. Everything changed now uh, because of this, uh, this instant in Copernicus, uh, his, his evolution of our scientific understanding through this guy Copernicus. And then it happened again uh, in the 1600s when we discovered the molecular world, cells and molecules and all of these type of things. Uh, and so the whole world of science instantly changed about our understanding of life and what life is. And they started to understand first discovering cells and those type of things inside of plants and then discovering, wow, there are those things inside of human beings too. And they had decided that, man, we are going to be able to absolutely control disease and all of these things that go on inside of a human being's life because now we get it. There is this thing that at the time looked like this. That's all they knew about it, but they knew this had to be the magic. And that was another one of those moments in the science world that says, man, everything now has become new. It's a completely new place. And then in the discovery of life, now we began to fill in a few of the blanks here. Maybe of you remember from science class, there's a nucleus in here. There's a few protons in here, and then there's 
all kinds of electrons that go all around this thing. And we've got all this sort of stuff discovered. And man, we thought we had this thing figured out. And then in the middle of the 1900s, 1950s, and 60s, in that little framework, we discovered this thing called DNA. And we realized that inside of the nucleus, this little piece right here, were these helical coils of proteins, of, of, of information that was being, that was stored inside of this tiny little cell. And all of a sudden, everything changed again. Another magic moment when people thought, wow, we're going to be able to discover what is the real root causes of life. Life as it goes in the good direction and life as it goes in the bad direction. As soon as we figure this sucker out, we're gonna be able to pump the right things and pull the right levers. And all of a sudden, we're gonna be able to create a super race. You've, you heard about that at this particular season in time where people were dreaming about building super races and all of these type of things. The reason that they thought they could do that was because of this burgeoning discovery of how to manipulate all of these little tiny strands of DNA and make people disease-free, make fix all kinds of problems and things that have been plaguing humanity since the beginning. Oh, they dreamed about how amazing this was going to be for us to have these tools in our hands. So much so they spent almost $3 billion, you heard about this in the news lately, uh, decoding what's called the human genome. Now the human genome is to uncover all of the pairs of codes that are on these human uh, pieces of DNA. And now at the time they thought, you know, there's, uh, this is gonna take an infinite amount of time in order to figure all this stuff out. So they started doing it on a little bit of a, a piece of bacteria. It was a little tiny little worm. I forget, it's kind of a long name. Probably the name is longer than the worm. And so the, they discovered that there were 22,000 proteins. That's what these, all of these little things make. I'm, I'm going somewhere in tonight's teaching, so do your best to let the caffeine kick in. They, they, they discovered there was 22,000 of these little protein codes what that means is, is that the coding inside of the DNA is what we use to eventually build the proteins that we use to, for life. How do we get all of these other proteins that we need in order to be human rather than to be some little worm? And what they discovered was the most amazing of things. And I'm gonna try to use a little bit of an example for you on what they discovered. What they discovered was that the proteins themselves are, uh, let's say that they look like this sheet of paper. And what they discovered was that there was all kinds of electrical charges all the way on the different pieces of the, of the whatever, the body of the protein. And depending on how those, uh, those electrical magnetic little things that are on there, protons, were on there, it would tend to fold in a certain way. This piece here connecting to another piece there and it would magnetize it together like that. But it also could do it like this. And it also could do it like this and this. Always ending up with a slightly different protein. Hmm. And now, uh, just in my little magic box here, I'll be able to show you a little example of that. Give me just a moment here while I 
do a couple little, little folds. And so it can turn out <laughs> like a bunny rabbit. Or the exactly the same protein, if you give me a minute here, let me just fold this up and make some changes here for a second. And oh, yep, and this one can turn into a fox. Uh, that's going to tip sideways slightly so I can let you see him for the rest of the evening. Or an, the same protein now, if I fold it, this one's a little bit harder, so you have to give me a second here, can go and end up being a, a, a puppy. <laughs> Good job, Emma. And then finally, the exactly the same protein now being folded in a slight, give me a second here, being folded in a slightly different way can turn into a kitten. This is how your body adjusts and creates out of these 24,000 codes builds the millions of codes that you need in order for your body to work. How many of you are interested so far? Yes. Okay. The next one I want you to show is it's, I want to show you is that inside of this, now this can all be happening inside of one a cell as the proteins are slightly affected and charged differently by these electrical signals that can all happen on the inside. But If we use this balloon to be an example of how things work on an interactive level. So what you can have is you can have forces. This is now the cell. This little thing right here is being represented by this balloon. You can have uh, uh, forces that are happening outside the cell. Electrical forces that are happening on the outside. I'll need my glasses for this part because it's a safety demonstration here. And so what God did for our little proteins is he gave us ability for a, a transmitter that was going to pick up the electrical circuits that are on the outside of each individual cell. And what he did was is he slowly but surely inserted that into the cell in such a way that there's a tr uh, the electrical circuit can be picked up on the outside but transmitted to the proteins that are on the inside of the cell. Does everybody, does that make sense to everybody how that's gonna work there? And so when God did that, he allowed then the way this cell works and functions to be affected by all kinds of things that are going on electrically or electromagnetically all around this cell. As it does that, then the folding process can not only be affected by something inside the cell, which got there by the DNA, it can also be affected by something outside the cell, what they refer to as epigenetically, which means on top of the gene or affect like laying over top of it now, the very structure, and this is what gets to be so important about the science part of it, is the cell itself can turn, where's the other nice one, from a bunny to a fox simply by the electrical forces that are bending the protein in a slightly different way by creating a different set of electrical charges that are now being transmitted through, where's my little pin, through this 
uh, little transmitter protein, which is stuck on the membrane of the cell, that takes this energy or electrical signal from the outside of the cell and makes it fold the protein on the inside of the cell differently than it folded it before. Now, just give you a more practical example. What we are looking at when we see this is what we would refer to as life. Because what's happened is, for example, when, uh, what makes me look like I'm alive rather than I am dead? Not what my nose looks like or what my hair looks like or what my shirt looks like. If I died right now, that would all be exactly the same. I may look a little ashen, but I look pretty much the same. What makes me look different is that I'm animated. I'm moving. Well, how am I moving? What's happening is and it's the most amazing of systems that we have going on on the inside of our bodies. For me simply to do this, here's one for you. This goes into my arm, which goes into my other arm, which does it again. For me to do that, I know you're not particularly impressed. But what's going on on the inside of me in order to create that are all kinds of muscle proteins that are getting signals that are on the inside, excuse me, they're getting signals from my brain that is telling them to fold. Not on the inside, the muscle protein is just sort of sitting there being a muscle protein. And then when it gets a signal from my head, it folds. What you see is a fold. What's actually happening is the 97 trillion cells that are in my arm all receiving the same uh, uh, sig electrical signal from my brain is causing all of them to do something that makes me look alive. It makes me look animated. I can move. I, can, I had a, a protein bar a few minutes ago. In my stomach, and all of those systems of my blood and my kidneys and my liver and all that stuff has all got new chocolate bar, excuse me, uh, what do you call them nowadays? Protein bar, uh, electrical signals that are coming to them, telling them that there is a protein bar which has got sugar and protein and whatever, zumdi doomdi, that ever is in there. All of those things are telling all of these individual cells to do something that is going to crazy. It's going to digest that candy, uh, that uh, protein bar and turn it into usable energy as it does all of these things that the billions of little cells inside of my body are busy doing right now. It's not so interesting. Here's what's important about that and how we're going to do the big leap from here to what does that have to do with the presence of God? Come on now. As we, uh, I had so much fun doing this, so I'll do it again. <laughs> what's happening, I probably should look at my notes once or twice, right? Is that going to be a good thing? Okay, so what's happening inside of us is that there are all kinds of different signals that are coming in all the time that are being read by this little antenna that's on here. 
electrical signals that, that dwell all outside of here. And you wonder, like, if, so what we need to do, if we want this cell to work properly, of which there's billions of them, that are trillions of them, that are all being affected at the same time for different reasons, to do different functions, depending on, it's literally like an entire universe going on on the inside of you. And the way we live life in a positive, uplifting way is by making sure that all the signals that are being picked up by this little transmitter on all of these trillions of cells on the inside of us, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could start affecting all of these signals? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Here we go again. Now, what are the signals? Here's, let me explain something to you. One, those signals mostly are being created by your thoughts. When you have a positive thought, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, meekness, gentleness, self-control, hopeful thoughts, true, honest, just, pure, lovely, praiseworthy, virtuous thoughts, all of those things, what we are doing is we are sending all kinds of electronic signals down to literally all of our seven trillion cells all the time by the thoughts that we are thinking. How that happens is, is that, and this is very interesting, it, you, when you think a thought, you start to excrete these things called hormones. Hormones are just... They're not just, they're very complicated things, but they are electrically charged in a, with a very particular code. As soon as those, uh, those hormones, and they are excreted, we excrete them in minute quantities, but as soon as they are being excreted, our entire body, it doesn't have to flow, it comes out of your pituitary gland, which if you put your hand, you put your fingers this way and you put your fingers this way, Right there in the middle of your head is this little tiny thing about the size of the end of your pinky finger that is called a pituitary gland. You don't want to mess with that thing. That's an important little piece of gadgetry that we have. That thing is what excretes all of these little hormones, most of them, not all of them, a lot of them. Also, you have other systems that do that. But as soon as that substance, which is an electrically, it kind of comes with an electrically charged code. As soon as that goes into your system, literally from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet, every cell in your body knows that that stuff has been excreted. That's why what I can do is I can throw John that, that, that marker and he can instantly catch it. Now, he didn't have time to think about whether he was going to catch it or not, particularly if I whipped it, particularly if I whipped it at his face. He was, at least he was going to blink. And he was going to blink even faster than he uh, could think about blinking. That's all happening inside of your body because of these electrical signals that your eyelids know instantly that they have to close, even though what you would think is your brain didn't even realize it needed to close yet. The system that our body works with is infinitely complicated, and about 90% of it you don't even know is going on. And that's the important part. I don't know what my stomach and my kidney and my liver and all that are doing with that, pro uh, that, can that protein bar. <laughs> Somehow they're figuring all that out. Yeah. 
That's how, this is how, uh, how many of you take a homeopathic something or other? So you put this little thing underneath your tongue? That's what you're doing. It, all that homeopathic is, is a, uh, a substance, sugar or something of that nature, that is electronically charged to imitate a hormone. And when you put it under your tongue, your whole body all of a sudden thinks, we just excreted that hormone. And your whole body begins to respond to the fact that that hormone is now telling you to whatever. Be happy, be energized, be controlled, be calm, be whatever. That is whatever that substance does for you. It's all run by this same system of electronic signaling that goes on through your entire body. And it literally happens faster than the speed of light. If you could imagine, which is a very important point too, which we won't get to tonight. How do we do that? Thoughts. Why are the thoughts so important? Because literally every cell in your body responds to the thoughts that you are thinking consciously and subconsciously. That's how your body works. Number, the second thing that, that controls those electrical systems is your nutrition or toxins on the negative side. And so when you ingest something somehow, you've, you've, you breathe it in or eat it or drink it or you rub it on your body or maybe you're just in the proximity of it. Many of you, you know, maybe when you go into a place and there's too many smelly things in there, you kind of feel like, oh, I'm feeling like I'm bu buzzed here. Even though you're just in the proximity of something, your body, because of the electrical components of that, even if it is just near you, you can see it starting to affect you. And the reason that these things are so important to main, make sure that our nutrition is proper is, is not because there's some magic to vitamin C. The magic to vitamin C is that it has certain codes in it, electrical codes identified at, that make it vitamin C. Sorry if this is sounding a bit complicated, but I am going somewhere. When you take vitamin C, what you are doing is you are igniting a system to use those particular codes and electrical forces to do all kinds of really awesome things on the inside of your body, just like the homeopathic stuff does. The third thing that you're dealing with is trauma. Now, trauma is a very interesting thing to a cell. When you are dealing with the, the stuff that goes on around, now remember, this is what's going on around the cell. When it feels like there's vitamin C out here or maybe there's zinc or something like that, that's a good thing. It's loving all that action. But what happens when something out here goes bad? Something is traumatized. What happens is, is that all of a sudden that cell doesn't work right, doesn't go properly. It doesn't do the functions that it's supposed to do. In fact, the cell remembers, this is very interesting, it remembers the trauma that it experienced. And not only does it remember the trauma, when, remember, how many of you know what happens to cells when they get old? They, they go one cell and then they break into two cells and then this cell dies and this guy lives and it goes on. He, that cell transfers the trauma into the new cell which has got some really cool and very crazy uh, implications. 
in the trauma process now, this is going to take what used to be a very, let's say, harmonious signal that the cell was going to use. It's going to take that signal and make it all kind of like white noise. It's going to make it fuzzy. It's going to make it not give the right signal as to what it should be giving. That's, it's, it's more complicated than that, but for now. Does that make some sense? Mm -hmm. So what does this have to do with being in the presence of the Lord? You're probably wondering. Is anybody wondering yet? Here it is. Just like the way this cell operates, your body isn't something and a whole bunch of cells. It's just a whole bunch of cells. All of those cells are picking up electrical, not even electrical, that's a bad way to say it. This is now, this happens now at the quantum level, okay? These are sort of electrical circuits, but if you remember when we talked a number a little while ago when I gave you my other science lesson, which hopefully you are still remembering and studying deeply, <laughs> the quantum level is the study of electrons. Electrons are invisible and visible as they choose to be, uh, sort of. They're there and then they're not, and then they're there again, and then they're there four times, and then they're not, and then they're there once, and then they're not. And they, this quantum level that they're trying to learn right now is actually the signaling system that operates on the inside of a human being. They're trying to measure it. They're trying to figure it out. But what's happening, all of that, through the seven trillion cells that are going on inside of your body, you are picking up all of this massive number of signals into all of those cells all the time. What's happening when you get in the presence of the Lord? Many of you know that in Corinthians, it tells us that the Holy, there is a Holy Spirit. How many of that's news to you, that there is a Holy Spirit? How many of you know what planet the Holy Spirit lives on? Anybody know? Second Corinthians tells us that the Holy Spirit dwells, where? Inside a born-again believer who has received the Holy Spirit to be on the inside of them. The electronic, if you want to say it like that, now it's not really electronic, it's hard to explain. Uh, for me, anyway, it's hard to explain. But the presence of the Holy Spirit, there's, there's God that exists in, in, in the kingdom of God. There's the Father. Then there's the soul realm, which is the Holy Spirit's realm. And then there's the natural realm. The manifestation of God in the natural realm is Jesus. He's a natural, he's a flesh and blood like you, or uh, flesh, excuse me, like you. What's going on on the inside of us as we allow the Holy Spirit to come in and begin to dwell with us as our teacher and our mentor? Realizing that what he's very busy doing is he wants to make sure that our thoughts end up on the Philippians chapter 4 list. True, honest, just, pure, lovely, praiseworthy, virtuous, of good report. Those are the thoughts that he is going to direct us to all the time. As the Holy Spirit is directing our thoughts just towards those love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, meekness, gentleness, self-control, you know, praiseworthy, good, honest, just, pure, all of those kind of thoughts, what's happening is our entire life, the way we are experiencing life, 
simply by what the Holy Spirit is doing with us as he is guiding our thoughts and, or at least inviting us to think thoughts that aren't negative, angry, evil, all of those kind of thoughts, what's happening to us is in fact that all seven trillion cells inside of our body are being amplified in the up direction, in the good direction. All of these things now, nutrition and toxins, now get now let's lift up into the soul realm. What the Holy Spirit wants to do is he wants to worship. He wants to pray. He wants to meditate. He wants to show you things to come, good things. When you give this kind of nutrition into your mind, given by the Holy Spirit, then you are, those are positive things that are going to be going on and you are signaling then to all of this thing that you call natural life and you are lifting that, those not in a spiritual let's go to church way, but in a scientifically measurable way, all of your cells are becoming stronger and healthier. All of your brain is working better. Your systems are working better. You're experiencing life. Now these traumas, this is how, this is where, that's why I wanted to take this, this way. Alex was, Pastor Alex was actually supposed to be teaching tonight. And I asked him if I could sub in for him. Because I was, how many of you were just mesmerized by our conference this weekend? Yeah. I, you know, as a minister, you could be bugged by other ministers. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that. Uh, Katie's 35. I was 35 a few years ago. <laughs> and I see this person come into our midst. And it was just undeniable. Uh, you just felt like you just wanted to cry. Not bad cry, good cry. And I'm thinking, what? And that happened last time. That's why we invited him back. I'm thinking, yeah, but it's not going to happen again. Can I tell you what that is? When your trauma is healed to the place where it becomes a weapon. All of a sudden, what begins to happen is people who are dealing with some of the things that we are dealing with, that we've dealt with, that we've been by the power of God somehow, and I still do not understand. I can tell you, I, that lady is just an amazing lady, but I do not understand how you get back, come back from what she had to go through. Amen. That still remains sense to me. How, the two of them, I mean, I'm just still today, I can still feel it. I'm so blessed by them. But they have not only come back to wholeness, they've taken that spear, sharpened it, and turned it back into a weapon. They're going to go around the world and get people set free from the, the darkness and the, the devices that the kingdom of darkness were trying to get into their lives. How many of you say, yeah, that sums up what I experienced when I was here? Can I tell you something? What happens to us, what the Holy Spirit is busy doing is that he's busy taking these places of trauma in our lives 
and he's retooling them to the place where they become weapons in our lives. They're not trauma that holding you down anymore. Now they're the weapons that you're going to be using to go forward and do the job that you're being called to do. God would not bring us through these things in our lives in such a way that they would not be ridiculously valuable to us as things begin to change. So what am I talking about here when it comes to the presence of God? Because what we can do is we can wait for Jessica or Pastor Tina or, you know, somebody else to come in here and just sort of let's get the presence of the Lord going in the room, which they can do. And we bless them for that. And we love being in their presence for that reason. Can I tell you something? You're part of that. That when you come in the room, as you are in this same journey of taking hold of your thoughts and making sure they fit on some of these Bible lists, when you're in the place where you say, you know what, I am going to get nutrition into my soul. I'm going to pray in tongues and I'm going to worship and I'm going to spend time in the word and I'm going to meditate and I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to show me. I'm going to see those things on the, what's happening to you is all of this stuff going on on the inside of you is lifting you out of a negative place and putting every system and function of your body in an upward position. You want to see what's beautiful about this? Not only does this cell get affected by the cell that's right beside it, you get affected by the person who's right beside you. Every, how many of you have gone into a room where everybody's sad and all of a sudden you became sad? How many of you came in sad when the room was happy and you just became happy? What's happening? Scientifically, what is happening is the joy, the energy of joy, all of this electrical uh, quantum circuitry that is just zinging all through the room because there's all of these happy people in there. All of a sudden, you bring your sad in there, and all of a sudden, you don't feel sad anymore. What's happening? It's actually the signaling that's going on inside of you that's affecting and being affected by the people that you are around. When we come into a place like this, when we're all trying to go in the same direction, we're all focused on all of these forces happening on the inside of our, our body controlling soul, we are coming up on the inside of each one of us at the same time as we are inspiring all those people within electromagnetic circuit fields of us, as all of that is being, is charging, getting them in their souls, in, their, in the very center of their physical being. Let me tell you something. It's not just about goosebumps. When you're in the presence of God, if you'll get in, even if, maybe you can't get in by your, that's okay. Come and we'll, help, we'll try to help you get in. But then when you can get in, Try and lift up the corporate. Try and be that person when you're coming in the room and you're saying, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get those, those thoughts. No, 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 they're out. They got to be just pure, lovely. They got to be honest and true. They got to be praiseworthy. They got to be virtuous. They got to be hopeful. They got to be love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, weakness, self-control. 
That's what I got to do. That's going to make me feel better. But can I tell you something? It's going to take the volume up in the room. And slowly but surely, maybe somebody comes in with a disease. A disease is just a whole bunch of these that are going in the wrong direction. They've just been downed out. All of a sudden, bam, bam, bam. And it's all happening because of the quantum level signaling that's going on because you've decided, I'm going to follow the Holy Ghost. I know he's leading me. I know he's moving me forward. He's telling me to hold my hands in the air. Why? I don't want to do that. I'm just a quiet worshiper. Can I tell you something? This is really funny. I, you probably, I hope you haven't made fun of it. Remember when Benny used to do that? Pew, like that. And that person used to fall down. He paid them to. No, he didn't. You see, what's happening pew, when you do that? Now it's, I don't know what's happening with me, but <laughs> when you lift your hands, it's like putting your antennas up. You're receiving. See, because right now, maybe Angel is three feet from me, whatever, four feet from me now. If I stretch my hands out, now she's only two feet from me. See, I'm, I'm, see, I'm lifting my antennas up. Now, you think I'm talking B-movie science fiction? <laughs> this is how the stuff works. Right. Most of it's going on on the subconscious level. So you don't consciously feel it. Now, sometimes we do consciously feel it, and you get goosebumps, and you're thinking, oh, my gosh, what is going on in this place? We hear that all the time here. That's not because we got laughing gas in this place. <laughs> That's because of what the whole, listen to me, this is ridiculously important. What you've done is you've invested in the thoughts, the nutrition, dealt with the trauma. Now, just because you're here, you are filling up this place with the presence of God. Because the way you got those thoughts was from the word of God. Mm -hmm. And what you're doing when you're getting nutritioned is coming from the worship of God. And the trauma is getting healed by the ministry of God. All that has been happening day after day, Amen. moment by moment, mm -hmm. just because, how does it happen? I don't I'm just spending time in the presence of God. Isn't that amazing? Put your hand over your heart. Jesus, I love the presence of God. Praise God. Amen. That probably would have been how Peter Shadow healed somebody, was that they got into range of his electromagnetic frequencies. And they got healed. Yeah. Right? But this is not Christian science. I know if you've studied that stuff. It's not mystical, you mean. Not mystical. This is not like religion. No. This is, remember what I told you at the beginning? When Copernicus kind of did this thing, science and the church split. Right. One went one way and one went the other way. Okay, you take the natural, we'll take the spiritual. Mm -hmm. 
What's happening now, that's why, I have, let me tell you something. They started learning this epigenetic stuff about 40 years ago. How many of you heard anything about this? Maybe one or two of you that are in the science world, yes. whatever. You know why? You don't, they don't want to talk about all of this is because it's going back to the natural and the spiritual are not divided. That's right. They're not two different places. Yes. It's all going on on the inside of you right now. Mm -hmm. And the ministry of the Holy Spirit, this, the key, why did Jesus come and go to the cross and get hold of you is because he wanted you to get filled with the Holy Spirit. Yes. Because the Holy Spirit was going to be the ignition of all of these things in your life that was going to turn you from a 2% human into a 100% human. Love it. Love it. That's why what you said is so powerful that it's not about the goosebumps. No, well, it's, goosebumps are fun. But it's not about the goosebumps because... Keep singing until I get some of those things, because girl. Because sometimes you feel your stomach digesting food and sometimes you don't, but either way you have faith that it's happening. Sometimes yeah. you're in the presence of God and you do feel goosebumps. Sometimes you don't. And it, when you Doesn't don't, matter. you don't quit. Doesn't matter. You keep the same faith in the process because your body is lining up whether your physical body is responding to it or not. That's like they say, people can actually get electrocuted and have no symptoms. And some people can get electrocuted and they fry. Yeah. That's true. Because like some people can get struck by lightning and nothing happens to them because the way your body responds is different every time. And that's okay. <laughs> that's just part of the process that you come into the room and you worship and you sob. Sometimes you come in and you worship because you're just focusing on him. Either way, your every cell of your body is encountering mm. the God of the universe. Mm. That is huge. Yeah. Mm. That's where faith comes in. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray your life was impacted by the service and that you were able to feel the tangible love of Jesus fill whatever space you're listening from. Maybe you found this message and you've never had the opportunity to come into a personal relationship with Jesus, or you've known about him but have been far from him. We want to give you the opportunity to make his love a daily reality in your life. Jesus came to this earth and died on a cross so that you and I could be close to him. He wanted to wipe away every disappointment and bring you into a life of purpose and meaning, one that will impact this globe for good. So if you'd like to begin this journey with Jesus today, then repeat the simple prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I'm praying this prayer because I know that I've made mistakes and have been living without you. I apologize and I trust that you will forgive me. I accept your love and grace and ask that you would be my Lord and Savior. Help me believe in you and love you every day. Help me to show the world what you're like and how great your love is. I commit to live for you from this moment forward. In Jesus' name, amen. All of our Light City family are joining with heaven and celebrating over the commitment you just made to have Jesus as the Lord of your life. We have resources available for you to help you on this journey, but most of all, we're praying for you. Send us a note at info at golightcity.com to let us know about the decision you've made today. We have resources we'd love to send you uh, with some easy steps on how to go from here so that you can discover God in a real and meaningful way. If you have a prayer request, our team would love to connect with you and partner with you to see God transform your life. God bless you, and we look forward to hearing from you soon.